All right, Token Smart Podcast, uh, back with another jam-packed episode full of, I don't know, we need to almost put ourselves on a shot clock with the amount of things we we got to cover. On the heels of another killer whip, the non-fun gerbils, that, that was super fun. And then on to a series of events this week that is is almost staggering the way that things are ramping up so quickly for us. We've got so many cool things, the addition of the Asia-Pacific version of the whip, which will be occurring for the first time this week at almost exactly 12 hours before this week's regular whip, which is sponsored by Render Art and uh, featuring this really sick art drop that I think is going to go over really, really well. And, And each NFT purchased comes with a physical, a signed physical copy and an AR later, uh, layer, and it's from this like you know killer famous uh, urban street artist from the UK named Chio. Been in contact with Pranksy a lot, pulled Matt in with that, and him and I have been reaching out to like every famous artist like in this space basically because he managed to get everybody involved in this thing. So trying to tighten the screws on that while also uh, getting everything laid out for the regular things we have going on times two, in order to not turn this into even more of a long gigantic ramble i'm gonna pitch it to you guys but what's what have you guys been like seeing the most of or focusing the most time on or are you feeling like all over the place a guy you know i'm feeling all over the place it's like we've talked about in crypto land things move so damn fast like just constantly you'd assume things would drop a little bit you know or sometimes you'd have lulls but it doesn't really seem to like there's a lot of new stuff coming up in the art sector there's been a lot of stuff on the wearable platform and the more we get into that now you know which it's, it's funny because a lot of this stuff i feel like we've given it a lot of exposure even though they already had it to begin with and some of them you know but it's gotten more like parabolic since you know we've started doing things in the whip and maybe that's just me you know noticing it more and i hadn't noticed it as much before but yeah so i'm feeling like i'm all over the place <laughs> i just feel like i found this this mine uh, of gold and no matter how much we just like harvest from there, it's just like there's, there's endless amounts of gold and like what we're doing is, is definitely like a golden opportunity, but it's so damn fun, man. Like I've been heads down planning for the Asia Pacific whip. We have a cracking show lined up for everyone. We have sugar club. Who's going to be putting on a ridiculous set before, um, the whip starts. We have Giant Swan. We have uh, a stablecoin protocol by the name of Akala that runs on the Polkadot network. We have a second generation art collector from China who's going to be talking about interge- intergenerational differences in collecting traditional art versus crypto art. And then we have mad giveaways with whip apparel. Um, we have a bunch of like. Uh, like governance tokens we have a game planned in decentraland that was designed by toxam dude and that's just one event <laughs> and then we have mark's event that you're talking about which is going to be another just like i can't wait for that too we're just doing so much fun shit and i feel like we're spreading so much there's so many of the great projects and creators around to people bringing all these uh like their their fans and people that have been in crypto together in the same place to do a bunch of fun stuff. Um, like I was looking at 
the numbers last week for what we did with uh, the non-fungibles. Uh, and like they had six different uh, virtual parcels that I had measured, like the visits that we generated. Yeah, we, we generated close to 6,000 visits between all of them, like factoring in the scavenger hunts and, and stuff like that. It's nuts. Um, and just thinking about the traffic that we're generating in-world for the adjacent properties and the power of this this platform that we're, we're slowly but surely building out, it just, it's crazy. And it just keeps getting more and more fun. <laughs> so I'm just like trying to maximize the fun that we're having and the fun that other people can have around the world with what we're doing. And those are just like two of the events. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Dude, I, I think I feel like what's so fun about it is you really never know what to expect, like from week to week. And literally every single event is unique in itself. And I mean, we have some sort of like loose format with like usually having some speakers, but it, it seems like we've become even more nebulous in terms of like, you know, what what is the whip? What's actually going to happen each week? And uh, I don't know. That to me is like one of the best things about it is that everything's going to happen each week. <laughs> Whatever is like the coolest thing going on in the metaverse is exactly what's going to be happening that week. And if there's nothing cool going on, we're going to make it the coolest thing going on. And these these two whips uh, coming up are perfect examples of, again, something like entirely different than we've done before. Each awesome in their own right. Um, Matthew and I had talked about like, you know, moving forward, we'd like to keep doing this on opposing sides of the world or at least like opposing time zones so that, you know, people who are typically asleep during the regular whip are not for this one. And maybe that it makes the most sense to stagger the days a little bit more. So, um, you know, one thing I didn't anticipate is when you initially kicked the idea out there or, or that this plan was in the works, like, a lot of people weren't like, you know, a lot of our current whip crew wasn't like, oh, cool. I'm glad they're going to get to experience that. They were all just like, well, I'm guess I'm going to stay up late for <laughs> another whip, <laughs> yep. uh, which which was what we were going to do to make it happen. But uh, I don't know. We should have like maybe some sort of like OG like whip like giveaway for, you know, people who consistently show up to both events. But the, the enthusiasm behind all of this is just so cool. And I, I feel like that's just inspired so many other projects to continue to reach out to us. And we haven't even really scratched the surface of the, the Metal Olympics. I feel like that's like the big elephant in the room that is like the giant up and coming thing that, uh, you know, can encompass all of these various things that we're putting out there. Do you want to... Uh, kick out the plan for the render whip this week because this, again this is like an entirely different format than we've done before that sort of like mimics format similar things we've done in the past but i feel like this is going to be a nice thing that's built upon what has worked before and uh you know we're gonna make it into something really cool break it down for the folks basically a launch for this urban artist chio who i guess is an og in the uh uk street art scene and this is one of many urban artists that mark render uh, and the render art project is looking to introduce to the crypto world and 
Matthew and I have had several conversations with him in planning this event, and he's uh, a great person to talk to because he really believes there's a lot of overlap between the urban art scene and the crypto art scene and uh, sees a lot of the same vibe going on here that was in like the beginning of the street art scene and everything. So the plan is to have himself, his co-founder, and what did we decide? Point Shark. And I want to say there's one other person, uh, Matthew, help me out. Uh, or was that everybody? From the outside, we're going to have Stani from Ave come and talk too. So it's like the core team from what Mark is doing with the Rendar Gallery and then Stani uh, from Ave, which is like a really cool project coming up. I want to talk about like um, the Avigachi <laughs> initiative where people are like going to be staking and receiving NFTs for their their activities um, of varying degrees of, of rarity to like trade and, and I don't know I have no idea I'm, I just want to hear him talk about that whole initiative I want to hear more about that yeah it's funny because I was actually uh, I noticed the Avagachi project looks really interesting but I noticed one of the guys they brought in as an advisor is Nick Mudge who worked on the ERC 998 stuff and that's what they're trying to use is like a token ownership model where a token owns other tokens which yeah really starts blowing your mind. You think things are crazy now. Just, you have tokens be the owner. And it's, now it's an AI basically managing some of this stuff. So he's using some of this technology for the Avagachi stuff. That's how they're, that's supposedly these things are holding, you know, the DeFi tokens underneath them. <laughs> that's going to get crazy, you know, technically. Yeah. I need like DeFi dad to come in here sometime and like really just like do it and explain it like I'm five for me for like a really basic level of DeFi, like intellectually I understand, but like some of these DeFi projects that are essentially like taking projects and like building projects on top of projects on top of other projects, it's like, it's like inception. There's like so many layers to them that, you know, hinge on each other that it's, it's fascinating how deep some of them go. So we're, we're going to have, Matthew, before we move on, DeFi dad. Oh yeah, go ahead is coming on the 20th so <laughs> you'll have him on on the virtual stage in two weeks to pick his brain about all things DeFi. so i'm looking forward I'm to that man. too you know I'm it's fun in public man i'm like <laughs> <I've> embarrassed to <laughs> ask. the questions that i have i feel like are at a more rudimentary level than our audience understands i'll hit him up behind the scenes he's good dude <laughs> no you know it's it's a perfect place because he's a really good one where he's like he comes across really humble and stuff then once you start talking to him you're like Geez, I thought I was relatively intelligent, but apparently not, because this guy just blows me out of the water. <laughs> you know, I think that's why he does it in like a super casual way. He's just like, yeah, you know, you just like, you know, compound the percentages and like put this in like something, something. And it's like, you know, not that big of a deal. And, you know, it's, it's like so like matter of fact, you're just like, oh, shit, dude, just back up a few seconds. You want to just nod and smile and pretend like you get it. <laughs> yep yep you're right totally i totally get that it's like a, a big person i feel like or, or like a very important person to our whole movement here because i feel like he's like the the bridge that gaps the or the you know connects the two communities and he's extremely passionate about both and i feel like we need more of that to just sort of like you know be uh, a united front uh, in terms of, uh, you know, our alignment and everything. So this, this is sort of like a slow, like rollout of the progression of the, the whip this week. So we, we hear presentation and then Matthew morphs back into Oprah again. We haven't had that in a while, right? Nice. Yeah. Looking forward to doing a little, little bit of a panel 
situation with with the speakers going a little bit deeper on their project and the art um, and, and letting them kind of show off what they've been thinking of behind the scenes and what they've been working on. Um, because honestly, I mean, I feel like the whip is just such, it's a great vehicle to really not like do the deepest dive, um, but to get a, a pretty good feel uh, for projects that are obviously operating in the periphery around us. Um, but if it weren't for the whip, we probably wouldn't be able to get a chance to, to go this deep. And um, I'm really looking forward to putting on my my Oprah blouse and uh, <laughs> in my Oprah seat and, and, and all that good stuff. Eat and get free stuff. Car for you. Well, we're, yep. We're gonna we're making. I mean, this is so crazy. Independently, like Rizzo and I and uh, a few folks around us, Sinkas and Pixel. I guess we had just like all of a sudden decided amongst ourselves individually to make a bunch of whip swag. So we have a bunch of hats, a bunch of uh, shirts um, <laughs> coming coming our way uh, to our wallets. So it feels like we're going to be distributing them. Um, like one of those wearables, the the solid gold one, uh, is is specifically for the Asia Pacific Whip for folks that attend that one. Um, but we have some awesome swag for people that uh, have been hitting up the the original Whip. So I'm excited to get that out as long as minting of the wearables is is still <laughs> is still a thing in CryptoVoxel and which I hope it is, fingers crossed. Yeah, no, I was able to work out most of the stuff. It's just lately with gas prices, they've been, you know, it's like two bucks a minute <laughs> times. It's crazy. I'm like, I'm just gonna wait till things are a little calmer. And then they never come down. So I'm like, oh I should have done <laughs> should have done it a couple of days ago when it was only two dollars. Now it's five dollars. What the hell? Sinkas has been hustling, man. He's he's like really making a name for himself as like the t-shirt guy because he at the regular whip, 3 p.m. Eastern time, he, the he's got a custom render art shirt that's gonna be a giveaway for that. So you know, he'll have they'll have the actual art drop from the artist that you can pay for, but you're also gonna get a custom Sinkas shirt. And for the uh Asia Pacific whip, Sinkas has got his hand in that too. So you'll Young Sinkas is hustling, man. Um, and yeah, Pixel just like randomly hit me up. And this this is what's so cool, man. He was just like, you know, the whip has been so much fun and I've really appreciated it and been to a bunch of them. So I just wanted to give back and shot me like four, you know, three images of a custom whip uh, baseball hat. And then asked if he, I thought Trippy would mind if he did like a, a Trippy Yoga a trippy yogi inspired one and so he did one of those and it, it's just so awesome man so we're gonna have a grip of those to hand out uh as we go along too so shout out to pixel for you know kicking out some awesome whip swag for us and sync us yeah man it, for people who can stay awake we they're gonna walk away with a, a bunch of apparel <laughs> after these things it's gonna be pretty nice you know as you said keeping it yeah matt what you were saying about keeping things fun and everything it's it's crazy how the uh, the community that's come up around us like they're all they're friendly they're nice but then you quickly become like a this social circle we're all friends so it's like knowing that you've got a group of people behind you like cheering you on is really interesting you know like I wouldn't see that in my normal life you know you always expect somebody to come in and shoot you down right or something like that but that's like here it never seems to happen everybody's on board with it and everybody loves what we're trying to do. It's yeah, you can't beat it. I mean, this this atmosphere is 
it's magic. I, I'm not sure if there's a better explanation for it. And I'm excited to, to spread this magic around the world. And I know a lot of people in like Australia, New Zealand, Southeast Asia, Northeast Asia, like they've been hearing about this. And some folks have, have made the trek to the, the 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern whip, like at the early a.m. hours uh, like I have. Um, but to bring it to them uh, at, a, at a more uh, accessible time during the day, I'm really excited to see who shows up. Uh, I've been, especially uh, Cao Yin has been incredible in helping to promote this uh, in, in China specifically. So I'm excited to see like what sort of cross-pollination of ideas, of passion, of just like the concept of what crypto is um, can help permeate the whip over here and, and make its way over to the um, like North American, South American version uh, and then vice versa. So I'm, I'm super, super excited for that just because we have such a great base of positivity and um, just thoughtfulness to, to work on top of. Yeah, you know, I'd like to see actually, because with your number crunching and some of the stats you were looking at before, you know, down the road a little ways, it'd be really cool to see what projects are more successful when run in an Asian time zone as opposed to a, you know, Central American time zone sort of thing. Because I bet you, you might see a bunch of cultural stuff start coming up where, you know, this is more popular over overseas, whereas this is, you know, mm -hmm. on the East Coast in the U.S. It could be oh, real close okay. Useful things to come come up with. Absolutely, I mean, just the the raw data that we're going to be getting through all these events and like what hits, what doesn't. Um, I mean, shout out one other person that I had totally forgot about. There's this guy. His name is JustLike.eth, and he threw me some some Chinese version uh, whip swag too, just right before the call. Um, so um, there's going to be like right away like some localized whip swag so i was kind of like blown away from that um but yeah i mean getting more to like the projects themselves uh, i feel like the 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 data that we're going to be generating the insights that we'll we'll have access to it's going to be invaluable for a lot of the projects that i mean obviously because they're crypto they're global from day one um, but i feel like right now most most projects are launching with like a very specific target audience in mind um, but we can help them globalize in one way or the other. So again, just like another value add that the WIP provides to, to projects and creators in the space. That's really exciting. I mean, DeFi is going to be, you know, whatever. Everybody likes making money. I don't care what your culture is, right? But, so that's <laughs> that's a hit no matter what. <laughs> True. But, but when you're talking about art or like music NFTs, I've seen some things about or different video game type things. It's, those are the things that really, I think, you know, might fit a certain culture better than others, in which case you'll see more, you know, more sales come from one whip than the other, maybe. That'd be really cool finding. You know, I'm just thinking to myself uh, and and agreeing with both of you guys entirely, but I'm also thinking to myself, I'm like, yo, there's like a bunch of cool events that we have our hand in this week, and I'm going to get a bunch of awesome free shit from like all all these <laughs> events. At, you know, between the, the render shirt, the whip shirt, and then uh, if this event takes off on Friday, this Gorilla uh, Radio event, he's given out uh, Voxel, uh, Unknown Misery is given out Voxel microphones that are sick that I realize are also designed by Syncos. And I'm just like, holy shit, <laughs> Syncos has his hand in everything, dude. Like, I'm excited for all these giveaways, and here I should just be hitting up Syncos because they're all coming from him, basically. And they're all, like, three totally separate projects that somehow he has weaseled his way into. So, shit, man, good for him. <laughs> you know, it's funny because that's 
it's just like real conferences. We always talk about trying to virtualize the conferences. And one thing that I love about real life conferences is the freaking vendor swag. You know, I'm like, I don't know what yeah. I like about it, but I was actually, I was just thinking that this morning because I put on this, uh, you know, last February, we we're in New York at that thing. And that's when we met the Polyant game guys. And they gave mm -hmm. me this t shirt that's the most comfortable shirt I've ever worn. Like, it's like a luxury. I don't know what they spent for this, but I'm like, Jesus, these guys' vendor swag game is on point, dude. Like, I don't even know what your product is you're selling, but I don't even care because I'm going to listen to you because of this. So, yeah, the better swag we get, the more avid listeners we'll get, I bet. Dude, I still have my, like, neon orange NFT NYC polo that's, like, you know, 5XL or something like that. It's like a tent. So if, if you need <laughs> – if you want some NFT NYC swag, I just sort of shelf that one for now. Uh, I'm going to try and grow into it or something. No, some of the man. When you get to the to the NFTs that are tied to something digital, actually, I just uh, yeah, I just worked with actually a collector and uh, uh, sent because I got one of the Coldy limited edition shirts there, you know, and Coldy sent me the NFT, Same. and I was able to. I actually sold it to a collector who really wanted, so I had to work out details on how to actually contact him and then you know get his address. Because I'm like, you know, the NFT is worthless without the shirt, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so I, like, I had to work that out, which really was mind-blowing. So I'm like, man, I love some of these things. Like, you know, I've got a couple other physical things. I'm like, but what do I do with it? The whole point of the NFT is to make it easily resellable, you know, or bring up and store somewhere for people to see. But the minute you tie it to a digital one, I'm like, the only way for this to work is to give up a little bit of your anonymity, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. The first project that figures out a way to work around that, I think, is going to be the next big, the next biggie. Maybe an escrow one. They'll hold the shirt until they... Yeah, the beat the Bitcoin got transferred. I don't know. That'll be that's the future. Local Bitcoin for like digiphysical goods <laughs> or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's why I'm like so excited. I mean, this current uh, drop for render art is uh, digiphysical. I guess you you would assume. I don't I don't know that one is inherently tied to each other, but by purchasing the NFT, you get the signed physical copy with the AR layer and. That's Dude, so cool. I would love to see more of that, man. Like, you know, I would certainly pay a premium for NFTs I've purchased. They don't even have to be like signed physical copies. But uh, I don't know. This is a great excuse for me to like get some art in my place, like a physical copy of some art. And it's I, I don't personally own anything that has an AR layer on it. So I'm like super excited to be able to wave my phone in front of uh, something and like in my house and show off to people. And I, I don't know if that's like, is a adding AR layers to art, like a big thing outside of the NFT space that we've just come up on, or is that something that it has sort of like started here and branching out or I, I'm not like too familiar with the origins of that concept. I think Josie told me that it's been available in other ones, but she was the first, cause I've got, I got one of her shirts and it was, mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the first thing that, like, as the rest of my family, they know that I like to dabble in this stuff. But, you know, it's like, well, that's kind of nerdy. We're not really. But the minute I pulled, I put the shirt on, then had that layer and gave my kids the phone. I'm like, look at me through the phone. And they, they saw I got the gas mask one with the money raining down that turns to Bitcoin. It's so that's cool. Oh, that. They're like, oh. <laughs> you could hear the gas through the whole house. <laughs> I need to show this to everybody. Yeah. It's like, ah, this, that is the stuff. The physical representation of it is there's just something about having something tangible in your hand right <laughs> yeah it's i feel like the the ar aspect is is the bridge f 
for bringing people um, through the the physical art into like seeing the possibility of of what's possible virtually, right? And like in the art world, with physical art, um, having like a conversation piece is like a central part of the collector's life. Like you want to bring folks over, you want to yeah. show them what you've collected, and it's just a conversation starter, right? And for for crypto art, since it's been purely digital, like finding that conversation starter outside of VR is hard. But I see what what Josie has done super successfully, and what uh, Cho is doing, what Mark Rendar is is helping to promote with uh, the digital uh, art. I feel like that's the play. That's it's really cool. Like you, people, you can get people to put like these really more affordable digital picture frames on their wall but like give them a shirt or give them something that's like easily portable and and, and stuff like that and more tangible that's what's going to get more people's attention if you put it in the right people's hands so i'm super excited for that as well yeah i like one issue i've got with t-shirts is that if it's something really damn cool then i always feel scared that i even wear the thing like i'm <laughs> totally man i would be afraid to wear that shirt but it is that that I feel like go, does go beyond just like showing someone an NFT on your phone or on your computer or something like that. Like, hey, you know, it's it's something that like your average person like, you know, sees every day and can wrap their head around. OK, that's a T-shirt. OK, that's a framed picture. But then there's like you could take that thing that they're familiar with, familiar with one step farther with the AR layer. And, you know, it's a, a huge conversation piece, which I, I think, you know, up until that started really becoming more of a thing was like uh we we were almost like two in our phones or like in the computer screens to bridge that gap to you know your your average people but th this is the deal with all of these projects i feel like lately is is the angle uh the render art project is all about like bringing mainstream artists into this world right Brid bridging that gap uh, Unknown Miseries, this guerrilla radio project, it, it's not about like, you know, working with existing musicians in this space. It's bringing outside musicians who already have some like respectability and credibility within the music industry in with us. So uh, I don't know. I, I feel like there's been, you know, somewhat of a shift in focus lately of like other people are starting to see the value of like, pulling in their networks into this space rather than trying to create uh, a network within the space of the existing people, or, or maybe that's just, you know, building on top of that. Um, but I, I don't know. It seems like everyone, everyone's on the same wavelength. We, we got to bring everyone else in now. We, we got the ground floor, like pretty, pretty solid. Except these fucking gas prices. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. Cause I was thinking about, cause I've had a couple conversations with, I've been trying a couple to help a couple of friends and artists, you know, trying to figure out how to break in and things like that. So I'm like, well, here, you know, we'll get a piece, we'll mint it, we'll create a token, we'll see what how it does in the market. And, and then sometimes, you know, lately a lot of this stuff hasn't been selling. So now the kickback I get, you know, especially for somebody who hasn't been into it that much, they're like, well, what the hell? I thought I was going to sell. You know, I'm like, well, right now we just happen to be in a spot where Ethereum's on a bull run. So everybody's holding on for dear life because they think it's going to make a bunch of money. So not as many people are buying you know it's like it's that's it's this is how cycles work it's the same as the same cycles have, but people are just they're trying to break into it and that you know the whole point is trying to make a new money you know flow a way to gather more funds i'm like so if you can't turn around fast and you know 
I'm afraid this sort of activity could actually drive, you know, people who are kind of interested, but not really, they start, don't get as much success they were expecting. They might leave before they give it enough of a chance. So that could be an actual negative thing with that bull run underneath, right? But, but I mean, I feel like that's why having more of these events and more socially focused yeah, events is is the play, right? Because yeah, money's going to attract people to the space. They're going to be like, "What's going on over here?" Um, some people may like invest. Some people may scoop some art or uh, like collectibles. But if they come to to a whip, either um, at, at the original one or the Asia Pacific one, and they they listen to what people are talking about. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, obviously things are going on now, but there's like a long-term vision for these projects. There's a lot of people here that seem to be interested in like all this different stuff. That music, I vibe with that. Or like they go to one of the post whip events and they're like, oh man, this game is actually pretty fun. And just like playing the game within this, dif di this different context, this virtual space is fun. I feel like the more we can get, the more we can appeal to folks like that, that's how we're going to make this thing grow and that we're going to make it grow by bringing in these outsiders either in the music scene because there's a possibility of them to, to do more or just because like the pool run is going to bring a bunch of extra bodies to the space and we want to make sure that we, we bring those folks to the whip too to show them the goodness that's going on over here because when the pool dies down as it inevitably will um, we want to give people extra value beyond like the promise of like making a killing in the market, uh, which I think we've been doing this whole time. And it's been crazy that through summer, um, we've been able to continually attract more folks to the whip, right? When the weather's nice outside and people can can do their thing despite COVID, that's cool. Um, and I just feel like with the bull uh, going the direction it's going and then with fall and winter approaching and a lot of countries still not like having COVID totally tamped down, I feel we're going to see this huge explosion when folks really can't do anything outside anymore, uh, for the most part, uh, in addition to the bull. So I feel like the, the macro forces are really aligning in our favor in a really interesting way. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally. Yep. I think... Ahead, yeah, the bull, a bull run always brings up, I mean, it did last time too, a couple of years ago, you know, it's just like all of a sudden everybody around the table is asking about it because they're all, they want to make money, of course yep. they do. But the people that actually grow the thing are the people who are here to make amazing projects who have, you know, an idea what the vision is behind it. And it's like the money will come if you make something amazing. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, I think this is sort of like the purposeful genius behind the concept of the whip is that I, I feel like we're sort of like market bulletproof. Like it, it doesn't like the market fluctuations may in some ways like reflect the amount of interest in the space. But at the end of the day, I, I don't know if it necessarily matters because we were having pretty successful events when the prices of crypto were stagnant. And, you know, I, and I also think like, you know, the gas prices of Ethereum do suck, but at the end of the day, we're not really dependent on the Ethereum blockchain for shit. And if everything moves to flow, then we have everybody from flow on the whip or, and yeah. you know what I mean? And same thing like crypto voxels is hinged on Ethereum. But if, if that shit tanks, we've, you know, got our eggs in all different baskets and can pretty much take this shit anywhere and everywhere, even like beyond crypto, if the dominant platform becomes VR chat, uh, we can pivot in that direction as well. So 
I really feel like, you know, we've solidified our role enough that as long as people continue to like do cool shit in this space, like we've sort of adapted ourselves as like the premier platform for them to showcase their stuff on. And as long as we don't pigeonhole ourselves there, you know, we've, we've done a pretty good job of remaining like platform agnostic, crypto agnostic to be able to go wherever the hot shit is uh, as, as uh, stuff changes. Yeah, I feel like the token smart thought process and the whip and all that, it's like the whole point is, you know, if you're a person in the community and you're interested in projects like here, we're going to bring some of the most amazing or interesting ones we think to come talk to us all. Maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll find a product you've never seen before. And I, Yeah, you're right. That's not That doesn't hinge on any sort of blockchain technology or any specific thing. <laughs> yeah, we're built, we're built on like really broad concepts, right? And and very universal values. So I mean, obviously there's some new values that have popped up like digital scarcity, digital ownership, creative ownership, um like this creator crypto kind of ethos, but that's that's really blockchain agnostic and it's location agnostic. Um it's VR platform agnostic. It's just it's it's digital like as long as you have a, a connection to the internet like the whip as as an idea as a concept can exist like anywhere and i feel like that's really powerful and and not just to limit to limit it to the digital but i know the the overriding and initial kind of concept at least on the token smart side was to do this do these sorts of events and gatherings in real life so obviously right now we're really limited what we can do in the real world but can you imagine when like in a year or two when covid kind of dissipates hopefully <laughs> hopefully it's a year or two hopefully sooner um but we have like this this network of whip meetups that are going on probably independent of us and then we kind of turn on the in real life event switch um i i, I can't even imagine be honest because we're going to have this this group of folks that i mean you hear about these stories all the time like people on twitter who've known each other for years and um they meet up in real life and the bonds are just as tight uh, as if they had been like proper in real world friends from the begin with right from the beginning right um i feel like <laughs> people have no idea and haven't even really begun to think through the potential implications um of this playing out over a broader time horizon. It, it's it's going to be crazy and it's going to be powerful. And again, it's going to be fucking fun. Yes, dude, you're getting me excited just talking about it. I mean, honestly, I feel like, like this has the potential to be the biggest in real life crypto convention in the world by the time we like come out <laughs> the other side of this. I know, man, I'm running my mouth and, and getting all like grandiose and everything, but for real, man, I mean, if you think about the all the major conventions, like even outside of crypto that are typically in real life con conventions, 99% of them have basically just kicked the can down the road and done some half-assed like virtual thing in the hopes that things return to normal so that they can go back to their typical format that has, you know, historically brought them success. Whereas we've just tripled down on a format that has not like historically been a go-to thing for anybody and, uh, you know, I feel like particularly in crypto, this is going to play out to our advantage because, I mean, you know, we were having conversations, you know, last week with people that were just saying like the, the typical convention, they're losing steam. Like if they don't have 
their yearly thing or their you know biannual thing to hype up and then continue to blast stuff out from afterwards uh, you know it, it's a dying brand until they can really you know put full effort behind it again whereas you know we're we're building our thing up so there it is man i said it publicly biggest crypto convention in the world by 2022 token smart <laughs> conference or whip whip central or whatever the fuck it's called yeah you know <laughs> with that same thing in mind like i would wreck anybody who's listening to us talk or whatever it's like everybody needs to come try to join this community because it's extremely open and welcome yeah. everybody because that's that's why i like you know i've been to plenty of other conferences before and it's fun going up and it's you know you meet a couple people you've talked to but most of the time you're sitting there listening to you know corporate big wig guys who are trying to push their agenda or trying to promote something where it's i feel like if we were to get something you know at central point where everybody here was all met each other in real life or something like that like there'd be hundreds of people that you've either had extensive conversations in the past with you know and you've maybe you've never seen their face face before when you show up like the type of things like i'd be interested in everybody everybody i've met on discord and through some of these whip meetups like i'd love to hear them talk in real life up on oh screen. yeah <laughs> like, yeah that's Dude, and i'm with the, you in real life whip I, I feel like part of what works for us is that you know it's not like the typical format which is why like so many of these like a you know typical in real life events have you know not done very well online because they're trying to recreate that format so saying all that to say the in real life wit or token smart conference i i say we have a, like a in real life voxel hopping competition right we need a scavenger hunt <laughs> in the in the, the building next door or whatever we're just like all show up <laughs> it's like but i i honestly feel like that you know that's what we tapped into with the whip was all that fun shit the the extracurricular activities and, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just sort of thinking out loud. I'm like, how come more, like, events don't have more, like, built-in extracurricular activities like that? Like, that's the kind of shit that I want to go to. Uh, so, anyway, look out for in-real-life voxel hopping. I'm going to talk to No Shot about it. Yeah, we're going to have to get a big blow-up house with that blows up into a big block. Yes. Really. Yes. <laughs> yes, man. Exactly. What do you guys think? We good for this week? Anyone, uh, anything major we missed out or have to shout out? Uh, that, you know, like we said, so much stuff going on. I think we cast a pretty wide net. Yeah, for sure. We should just provide some links, I think. <laughs> this one will need links to direct people to all the different whips, plus the uh, Gorilla Radio event, plus, plus, plus all the other stuff that we have our hands in. Yeah, we we only got like halfway through talking about the progression of uh, this week's render whip and everything. It, it culminates with a gallery tour and a scavenger hunt and the, the sick, a lot of money build right next door in the subways and everything. And uh, it's, it's this kind of stuff that's so fun. I got to get off this call and like go explore the subway to figure out where to hide some things, you know? <laughs> nice. All right, Joe, cool for this week. I think so. Yeah. Shout out to Easy and Crypto for all his listening parties and other stuff that he's doing, man. He's all over the place. Plus hey, one to that. Easy's blowing up. Yep. All, all of our people are got their hand in all the things. Easy is blowing up. All right, you guys. We'll circle back with you next week. Same time for the same thing. Yeah. Later, boys. Later. Later, y'all. Mm-hmm.